0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. I do apologize up front; I have not been making many episodes. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, Next Generation Saints, I interviewed Cliff, uh, Pastor Cliff Connectly of New Canaan, Connecticut, and I have another uh, interview coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, if you want to take a look at that, that would actually be pretty awesome. So this entire well couple of months <coughs> if you really want to say actually a little bit more than that has been crazy. Has it not? Everything going berserk, right? The coronavirus hits, the shutdowns, the this recession we're really heading into, the unemployment numbers, you know, just everything has gone absolutely chaotic. And it's, I do it's always like chaotic. I've been trying to keep my head level to see what was going on. I've been trying to figure out words of encouragement for you guys to say. And I was, you know, just kind of sitting there thinking about what what could I say? What could I say to you guys that I felt? Because I'm, I'm looking at this going, you know, I got furloughed from my job. My wife got furloughed, but she looks like she may be coming back to her job. I'm still waiting for news on mine. We're not sure if the whole economy is going to open up the way it is. Arizona's opened up slowly. Everywhere else is is either opening up or you know is partially open or whatnot. And there's there's just a bunch of chaos. You know, and I and I see a lot of people. They they're having anger, confusion, frustration. Um, just emotions are not in the greatest position. Our heads are not in the greatest position. They're just, you know. Just turn on the news half the time Just look at social media here and there Watch YouTube People are ready for this lockdown to be over And to get back to our lives And I can't disagree with them I think that's direly necessary I think uh, that this That our economy cannot stand this much longer And I don't think people in general can stand this much longer And, you know, a lot of things have been revealed We've seen tyrannical, um well, governors who've been acting tyrannical, mayors, all sorts of people. You know, people you never expect. Judges, police officers, or law enforcement, I should say. A bunch of different things. So, with all this confusion, like I said, I was trying to figure out what to say. What could I say on this podcast? I mean, what could I say to everyone listening in around the world who's going through their own problems and having their own issues and whatnot? I can't relate to all of them. I can't, you know, say, oh, here's how you definitively answer that as an apologist. So I, I I, was, you know, praying to the Lord. I'm like, he knows more than I do, obviously. He'll have something to share. What does, this is the Lord, what I want, this channel is for the Lord to speak. What does he want to say? So i was sitting there thinking, and praying. Something came to me, popped in my head. And it's actually, I had to look this up really fast, just to make sure I got down. Psalms 46.10. I'm only going to really read one little portion of this, but I'll read out the entire uh, verse. He's, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. But one, one simple part of the sentence, the very part, beginning of it, stood out. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Stop worrying about what's going to happen. And I know that's one thing say, one thing on this podcast, and it's easy enough for me to say, but I'm telling you right now, this is not easy for me to say because I'm just like you. I'm just as human as you are. I have just as much anxiety, panic, and fear. I, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean these things magically go away. I still have them. The difference is, at times, I have an over a piece I can't, under, under, beyond my understanding, come over me and says, don't worry, take care, you know, you're going to be fine, God, that's the Holy Spirit interacting. But, I still have fears, I still have panics, I still have concerns, I still, you know, I have worries in my life. Like I said, they don't magically disappear, I'm not suddenly not human because I'm a Christian. But I was thinking about that. We're all freaking out. We watch news: CNN, CNN MSNBC, CBS, um, Fox. You can turn on NPR. You can listen to a plethora of media. You can turn on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you're, you're bombarded with bad news. What's going on? Here is the infected amount. Here is the death toll. Here is the global. Here is your individual country. I mean, holy mackerel. How do you not feel this way? How do you not feel panicked? How do you not feel the anxiety? And I just feel God saying, you need to be still. Be still. Calm down. Relax. Take a breather. Take a step back. Turn the dang TV off. Get off your cell phone. Stop. Get into my word. Know that I am God. What does that mean to me? Well, from my experience, what I've got, what I've understand and I know what he's trying to convey to me is, it means stop getting in your own head, stop looking at all these things, stop being in that position and start looking at what I said. I said, know that I'm God. I'm in control. Ain't not, there's nothing out there that he doesn't know what's going on. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. And it is scary as all hell out there. It is. I mean, goodness gracious, we are Peter in the storm. He's walking on water, walking towards Jesus, and the storm is raging. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. I mean, come on, the whole world's gone to hell, practically. You turn on the news, and that's exactly what you see. It's not anything shocking. I mean, we see a lot of bad things on TV, but I mean... First, it was impeachment. We thought our nation was going to go to the dogs and be absolutely destroyed by the impeachment investigation. Then we had COVID-19 now that's come in, and now it's like the world's coming to an end. And now even more talks about a actual war against China, not just on trade, but bullets flying back and forth. I mean, you got all sorts of stuff. So, and you could probably easily make a case for this for end times prophecy. I'm not going to try to do that now at all. But I'm what I'm trying to say is, We need to, what I feel God's saying is, we need to not look so heavily at the storm, but look at Jesus Christ and be still, though, that He's there. That He'll provide for us, He's going to take care of us, that He loves you. That we're not, I'm not going to pretend like I understand why God's allowing this to happen. I don't know. But I know that when He puts us to a test, it's because He's developing character to transform us into people He wants us to become. The only way you see a great transformation in a nation, or I should say, on an individual basis, in a family, in a local community, to a city, to a state, to a nation, is through trials. you got to go through these painful situations. You have to, but you have to realize at the same time, though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, though you're walking through these storms... Jesus may not wave his hand and calm it down. It doesn't look like he's doing that right now. It doesn't look like Jesus coming in and just waving his hand and fixing all the problems because he's trying to transform you. At least that's what I'm seeing here. He's transforming you as an individual. Who will individually transform your family. Who your family will transform your local community. Who your local community will transform your city. Which and so on and so forth. But we need to be still. Stop looking at those things and focus upon Jesus. Focus upon Christ, focus upon the fact that God will provide. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. There's nothing beyond Him. Again, I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and pretend like I understand why God is doing what He is doing. His ways are gro- His, His ways are greater than mine. His thoughts are greater than mine. You know, I can't fathom or comprehend and all all these things. I maybe can understand. Po- like. Less than a f- fraction of one hundredth of, like a millionth of one percent of exactly what he is doing and why he is doing it. And honestly, I'm not going to try to grab it, grasp it. Me as a fickle, finite individual, I'm going to focus on God has provided for my family and I. He is taking care of us. And in different families, it's different things. But I cannot, I know I've said this a hundred times, so I'm going to say it again. Be still. And know that He is God. We can rest in Jesus Christ, and this is not going to be easy to do. Trust me, it's not easy for me. <laughs> you could probably listen on this channel and go, "Well, Nick, you have all the easy time. You you do apologetics, and you probably have a great Christian faith. I have a Christian faith. I'll put that. Whether or not it's a great Christian faith, that's that's a different story altogether." <laughs> I got plenty of things to work on. I got. I'm a boat with a lot of holes in it, and I'm a beggar who's found living bread. <laughs> I'm never going to point to myself being as the person that you should trust on it. I'm. I'm only here to lead you and say Jesus is the only way I see forward. He is the person who's going to fix everything. Put your faith and trust in Jesus because I believe by the evidence, and I've said this before on my channel, the evidence is overwhelming that he is reliable in a way that I'm not reliable, that no other religion is reliable, that nothing else in this world is reliable. So I want to leave you with this. I'm not going to make a very long podcast because, well, I I don't think there's a lot of stuff I have to really say on this. But I want to leave you with this. Remember, Jesus Christ loves you. He has a plan for your life. I know you're suffering through depression. You're going through a lot of stuff. You're being told you're not an important worker. You're just, your heart is sinking. You're just screaming out for hope. You want something to grab onto. You're desperate. You'd sell your house and everything. You would sell anything for it. Your soul is screaming for it. I have to tell you, Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ will always be there for you even in the midst of this storm. All you have to do is recognize where you are as a sinner and turn to him. repent, put your faith and trust into him. look at the evidence for him read your Bible and if you're a Christian listening to this, read your Bible. just go through it you got plenty of time on your hands. Not like you can't really, you can go really anywhere, be with anyone at this point. At least, at least on my end. But have peace. Live in the peace of Jesus Christ. Live in the peace of the Lord. Let that fill you. Let that be in your heart. The peace that goes beyond all understanding. And may his peace and grace abound in you. So until next time, we meet again. May God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved. Hey everyone, welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, obviously if you've been listening to news, and I've kind of been getting off of it for a while because of all the negativity, all of the craziness, the insanity, you know, just... The death of George Floyd, the um, protests, the rioting, COVID-19, the economy. I mean, it's just enough to cause our head to completely spin. And I'm not really going to focus heavily on this. I will, this podcast, I'm going to, I'm lightly touching on it because I wanted to go to more of a direct point. A lot of people online have been talking about destroying racism, destroying this enemy that we all have, Sid. They've been talking about how do we get rid of it, And I've always said it's about Jesus, and it is. He's the only way to answer the question. But I want to focus, really, on something that came to my mind when I was praying. I felt the Lord had just guided me there. I remember a while back I watched a movie called "War Room" from PureFlix. It's a lady who was helping this other lady, an old, you know an older woman is helping a younger woman with her marriage. And she, her husband was in the military, and he was a strategist. And his whole job was to know what the enemy was doing and come up with a counterattack to stop them. And I was thinking about that, and I think the Lord put on my mind on my heart. And when I really thought about it, I was like, well, why is he doing it? Well, the truth be told is, I think the real enemy behind all of this behind the racism, behind everything, is the devil. My wife was talking to me the other day, and she made a really, really darn good point. She said, the biggest lie we ever hear from Satan, and the one that he's convinced us the most, is that he's not real. If you have an enemy, and they want to utterly destroy you and divide you, the first thing they want to do is ensure that you're not going to attack them back they're going to convince you they're not there. It's interesting, because the Bible teaches this. It says in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10 through 16, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when it come, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also they too will listen to my voice and they and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd, but here's the thing the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy. Satan has come into our situation in this area of racism if I was the enemy of if I was Satan, I would want to steal. Your joy, steal your hope, steal any chance you have of believing in yourself. I would want to kill any possibility of moving you forward. I want to kill your joy. I want you to kill your hope. And I want to destroy your future and destroy the very country you're in. If I was Satan, I would want to make sure that you didn't know that I was there. I would want to make sure that you were completely oblivious to me. I would want to make sure that I could divide you and conquer you. Because if you were divided against, if you were divided one against God, but more or or less divided against each other, and I can cause enmity and anger and hatred towards each other, if I could cause all that, I would be winning the battle. I lost the war at the cross, but I would have been winning the battles. Hate having one person hate the other person and driving them up a wall, causing them to kill and destroy each other. That's exactly what I want. I want to take the love and compassion that God has handed out, and I would want to twist people to hate their neighbors. Isn't it that interesting? That's what we read about. In fact, you read in First Peter chapter five, verse eight through nine: "Be alert." And sober of and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him and stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. We need to be sober minded. Recognize what Satan is doing and attacking. We may say racism. We may say evil. We all do this, but yes. But who is, the, who is the father of lies? Who is the one that deceives mankind? Who leads us down these destructions? The human heart is deceitfully wicked. That is true. But guess who is the father of the one who leads us to sin? Satan. The one God wants us to be united, to love one another. Yet look at us. We're fighting each other. We put our faith into politicians, into uh government-based systems, but they're not the shepherd. They're d- they're not. They're just a hired hand. They'll leave office as soon as they either die in it or they get voted out. They don't care about the sheep. There's only one who does. Ever notice the politicians and Black Lives Matter and all sorts of groups scatter when the real threat comes in? We need to stand as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to stand together against this, against the enemy. Here's the biggest one I found. Ephesians chapter 6 through 12, uh, verses 12 through 18. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers, of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth um, buckled around your waist with a breast parade of righteousness in place and with your feet fi- um. Fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, in which you can extinguish ex- extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying all the Lord's people for all the Lord's people. We're told to be alert, to be sober-minded, to know what's going on. We need to open our eyes and realize we are not battling against flesh and blood here. We are not to hate each other. Love each other. We do have a problem in our society. We have a problem around the world. The whole world's infected, but with sin, hatred, racism, all sorts. The world's covered in it. There's nothing new under the sun about sin. There's nothing new under the sun about racism. There's nothing new about it. We've hated our neighbor. The problem is we need to stop treating it this way. Here's the thing. This is how we should treat evil. If you look over at Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19, do not repay any anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right, in the eyes of everyone if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge i will repay says the lord the big part about this is we see rioting we see attacking we see punching in the face we see violence and anger and aggression do not repay evil with evil, we need to do what is right and love our neighbors, be kind to each other, compassionate. The devil is here, Satan is walking amongst turning us against each other. We need to fight against that. He's going to use authority of people in authority and powers and principalities to turn us against each other. We need to resist that 110%. If you really wanted to do something that's horrific to somebody else, if you want to do something that's pretty much vengeful, but I would say it's it's a different type of vengefulness where it transforms a person and brings them to Jesus, which is what I so in my heart desire for people to come to. look over at proverbs chapter twenty five verse uh verse twenty one through twenty two If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat, if he is thirsty. Give him water to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Do not repay evil with evil. I can't see that enough. Not just for writing, but in our everyday use. So many people now are too scared and saying, oh my gosh, I'm not racist, I'm not racist, I'm not racist, I'm a racist, I I, I, I don't see color, and whatnot. And they seem so desperate. They seriously seem desperate to prove that they're not racist. You don't need to prove it. You don't. Love God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's interesting. We so demand to have equality. We so demand to have justice. Yet the last thing anyone's doing is looking for equality and justice. Equality would be everyone's treated equally. But obviously, with this whole movement of Black Lives Matter and many other politicians, the movement is not so much about being equal, but domination. It's interesting, I was thinking about this. Lots of people, especially blacks and whatnot, in um, Black Lives Matter, want to point out how oppression is happening. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there isn't some sort of oppression. I've been oppressed. I'm a white guy, I've been oppressed before I've had racism dealt to me More than once I've been mistreated because of the color of my skin But I will say this When so about oppression I will look at this If you think that you're a victim I want you to do this This is what I did you ever heard of the phrase Clowning of blessings? Do you have a roof over your head? I've been to friends' houses who've said that they are so oppressed, yet I go over there and they live in a wonderful house. They have a car that drives, gas in their tank, food in their fridge, electricity is on. They have clothes on their back with clothes that are clean to wear. Their water is running, and it's clean, clear, and perfect to drink. They have beer, they have soda, they have healthy, nutritious food that is ripe and good to go. They have tasty food uh, that's not necessarily healthy for you, like chips. They have television they can watch Netflix on. They can watch even Disney+. Plus. They have YouTube. They have a working toilet. I look at them and go, I think the problem here is you've been taught that you're oppressed. What you need to do is look at your blessings. Count them. And then realize the devil is working through people to try to convince you that you need to stop counting God's blessings that have been bestowed to you. Life is hard for many people. I've been in that position many times. And I'm not saying there aren't people who suffer deeply. But what I am pointing out is before you start saying that you're horribly oppressed, I say, I've been in there. But the one thing that I had to do was I had to take a good hard look at my life and stop feeling like I was oppressed and start looking at the blessings that have been bestowed. You have a job, hopefully. Money coming in. You're taken care of. Once you start counting your blessings, you realize how much you actually have. It's... I like to do that because I'm thankful to God for what he has provided. Again, that doesn't mean that you there aren't negative situations in your life. That doesn't mean that there aren't bad things happening in your life. But the bail and the first steps of solving a problem, it's, it's kind of like this. I remember talking about this whole racist situation when it first started. And the first thing I thought was, it's not the situation... The problem here is not the problem. It's our attitude towards the problem. We can approach it and say how we are so victimized and terribly beaten. And there are people who truly are victimized, but there are others who have just been taught and told they're victimized. You're not. If you're one of those people who have been told you're victimized, look at your situation. Look at your life, like I said. Look at the blessings you have in your life and go, am I really a victim? Or am I being manipulated by the devil? I say this because, as I've talked to Stuart Connectly on this, I agree with him. That here in our Western society, we like to act like the devil's this abstract spirituality thing that doesn't really exist. And then if you look over Eastern culture, he's, full, he's as real as flesh and blood. I read in the Bible, Jesus doesn't teach doesn't teach that he is an abstract character somewhere that doesn't really exist. He treats him as though he is a full flesh and blood that he is a real dad, like a real thing. Therefore I treat him that way. The devil has come. He manipulates people, politicians, celebrities, regular folk. We need to be vigilant. Read your gospel. Read Jesus about Jesus Christ. Read through your Bible. Count your blessings. Be in prayer. The devil is shooting flaming arrows at you. You need to be prepared for this. Take time away from social media and the news and crack open your Bible and read. Pray for wisdom. I ask in this channel, you please pray for wisdom for me as well. That I may be able to give some information for you guys. Some wisdom to bestow to you. It's interesting. We always listen to pastors. And I listen to pastors who say pray for me too. And I know how I, they feel. You want to bestow something. So pray for them. So folks. This is my final thoughts. The devil is here. He's always been here. He's trying to turn us against each other. He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Love one another as Christ has loved you. Be kind to each other. Resist the devil and he will flee. But recognize the devil is the one behind all of this. So I encourage you to read about him. Then on top of that, remember the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. That he lives, that he lived, taught, died for you, and rose again from the dead to forgive you of your sins. That he loves you and he has a plan for you. All you have to do is put your faith and repent, recognize what you're doing and turn away from it. Put your faith and trust into him and let him take the wheel. God loves you. He will always love you, no matter what. So in these difficult times, take heart. The hope in Jesus Christ. The power in Jesus Christ. And the salvation in Jesus Christ. Until next time we meet again, may God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved.